Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a taint. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hello again, folks. Good morning. <laughs> Let's wait while uh, Josh gets his beverages together. <laughs> I have all of the beverages today. You getting that? You getting that on mic there? <laughs> All those lovely pouring sound effects, finishing up this nice little bottle of me from like <laughs> two episodes ago. I have one errant can of beer of Bonfire Brown by Sagatok Brewing Company. No affiliation. Try it or don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and of course, the honorary beer. It is a sugar-free ginger beer because we're old. And I'm on a diet. And... Last but not least, some decaf coffee <laughs> from the Buffy mug, if you recall. God damn, your whole side of the table is assaulting my senses with smells. Ah, oh, it's gonna be amazing though, bro. <laughs> I can't mix drinks that much. Anyway, welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 16, The Ring. The Ring. No. I'm so happy over here. <laughs> I've got four beverages, and I can double fist any of them at any given point in time. I, I think the only time that you could be more happy than having a plethora of beverages is when you have a plethora of condiments. I do love me some condiments. Oh, yes. I I've... love condiments so much, <laughs> I got a giant jar of mayonnaise for Christmas from my mom. <laughs> like, I think I have witnessed you purchasing food solely to put condiments on yeah like, the food is just an edible plate <laughs> and spoon for the condiments like i'm i'm assuming that's your motive anytime you get a gas station hot dog <laughs> it's just to, like because you you put all the fucking condiments on your gas station i hot will dog. pay extra money so that i can put at least two packages of mayo on this it is my god-given right do you mind sir <laughs> Do you know who I am? No, nobody knows who you are. Good, because that'd be weird if you did. <laughs> You're the, the fucked up condiments guy? That's right. I might have a heart attack the first time like somebody comes up to him and is like, Oh, you guys do the podcast beer with Buffy. And I That's when I die. Kill like, it! Kill it with fire! <laughs> <laughs> Ye should not know. No, before we get into anything, first... We have a list of executive producers. Do we? Yes. Why, thank you for reminding me. In fact, at the top of that list, we have Scarlett Choi, also Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, 
Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K Fro Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, there it is, I should have <laughs> it in, William Sh- not Shatner, William Shaskper, I'm sorry, William Shaskper, I got two of them, <laughs> Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you very much for all of your continued contributions to the Beer with Buffy conglomerate. Yes, because without you, this show literally could not happen. That is correct. And speaking of patrons, we have a cat to name, Josh. Oh, indeed we do, sir. Jesse Rain has purchased the cat perk. We called Jesse out for not getting back to us about naming said cat. The cat that we are naming actually already has a name, which seems to be the trend. Uh, We so rarely get the opportunity to give a fresh name to an animal. Yeah. But this cat, she is 15 years old. Her proper name, I suppose we could call it, is Sue. But we're going to make it better. Exactly. Yeah. Sue is a gray tabby. At least it's not a boy named Sue. Ha <laughs> ha! Anybody? It's a good song. Johnny, uh, Cash. Johnny Cash. Johnny yeah. Cash. Anyway, Sue is a 15-year-old gray tabby. She's super lazy, hates the cold, and her highest goal is to dip her tail in her owner's beverage. Oh, yes. Which uh, Edgar can relate, although because of his independent nature... He believes himself to be his own owner, so he dips his tail in his own beverage. Yeah. And food. (laughs) And sometimes just sits on his bowl. (laughs) Just likes to drag his big fluffy tail through his (laughs) soupy ass food and then rub himself all over our computers. Yeah. But anyway, we've been given all of this extraneous information to come up with the best name for your cat, Sue, even though your cat's already named Sue, (laughs) but we're going to fix that. It's okay. If it's not broken, fix it harder and then throw fucking exploding lemons at them. (laughs) Anyway, would you like to go first with your selection of names? Sure. Is that how we did it last time? Do I I just read all three of them? I don't know. One way or another, we're going to solve this like (laughs) fucking gentlemen. We're just going to play this right off the fly. I'm going to read off my names, and then he's going to read off his names, and then we get to explain our names if they require explanation, and then we vote on the other person's name that we like the most, and then we settle it like fucking gentlemen, which one wins ultimately. Yes. It is a final showdown... It is a cat naming tournament conducted by us where we are the only contestants and the only judges because we fucking feel like it. Okay, go ahead with your name. So my first name is, drumroll please, Lady Cryotabia the Grey. Lady Cryotabia of the Grey. Cryotabia the Grey. Cryotabia. Okay. Okay. And, uh... I've got explanations on all of these later if you, okay, if no. you wish. Number two, the Loferly Miss Apathia. Okay. All righty. Number three, Beverly Ferndew. Beverly Ferndew? Ferndew. Okay. So as uh, par for the course, I could not come up with three names. All righty. But I got two solid ones. Because she already has a name, I decided to work with honorifics. 
uh-huh. to add to the name, Splendid. so to speak. Okay. So we are going to go with the Countess Sue Gray <laughs> and Miss Sue Perlax. Perlax? Yes. Okay. So would you like to explain first or would you like me to explain first? Uh, are, are there any? Do you want me to just explain all of them? Just go right ahead. All right. So Lady Cryotabia the Grey. I wanted some sort of reference to the three things that we got about Sue are that she's that she's lazy, hates the cold, and loves to stick her tail into your beverage or try all the time anyway. Oh, and also she's a Grey Tabby. So I wanted to work all of these things into each name somewhere. So cryotabia the gray, obviously gray tabby, but also cryophobia is the fear of cold. Oh. So she hates the cold. It's cryotabia because she's a tabby. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a good time this time around. I didn't use any cat naming websites or anything. So number two, the loferly Miss Apathia. The main word here I was playing on was apathy because yep. she's lazy and loafer, loaf, loafing. Yeah. Also means lazy. So this one's all for the lazy theme. The Loferly Misopathia. Number three, Beverly Ferndew. Okay, this one took me a couple steps to get to. <laughs> as soon as you said the, that her highest goal is to stick her tail into your beverages, my first thought was dip. Hmm, fondue. Fondue's a dip. That's a fun word. <laughs> I want something I can stick some sort of cat pun into. The best I could come up with was fur. So Ferndew. And I was like, well, maybe something with French dip, because she's not trying to put her tail in cheese. Fondue is specifically a cheese dip right. with bread. But the word fondue is just so much more fun than... I could have done something with French dip. I tried looking it up. It didn't go well. <laughs> it really did not. Uh, I, it's like, it's so inappropriate that even my highly inappropriate hilarity <laughs> has red flags going off everywhere yeah. about trying to share it. So if you want to look it up, go for it. Yeah. I have absolutely, I take zero responsibility <laughs> for what you find Googling French dip. Um <laughs> That being said, do it. <laughs> but you have been warned. It won't hold up in court. You can blame me all you want. They'll even play this recording. They'll be like, can you listen to this asshole? For 90 how many episodes? And okay. you give him money? What? Okay, okay, so, okay. So yeah, and Beverly derived from beverage. So Beverly oh, Ferndew. Nice. I like that. Thank you. Uh, so... Mine are more straightforward than usual, but the Countess Sue Gray, going off of tea, because, you know, she likes to dip her tail into beverages, so a tea, as oh, in Earl Grey. like Earl Grey. Oh, and, that's cool. But the, there is no actual direct female version of an Earl, so the female honorific equal to Earl is Countess. So Countess Grey okay. is the equivalent of a female earl gray oh now i really kind of wish i'd used the french dip thing because uh, i can tell you this much it means it's the female version of teabagging <laughs> so uh, that would have fit in pr great with this Ugh. anyway moving along and then miss perlax that's a play on snorlax but you know purring because she's a cat oh perlax yeah i don't know what i heard before I don't know what you heard either. Okay, Perlax. Yes. But it's a Pokemon pun. Yeah. Neat. Okay. And that's all I have. And that's all. All right. I'll just go ahead and vote then. I think of your two names, 
My favorite is the Countess Sue Gray of yours. And then I think I'm going to have to go with Beverly Ferndue because that I think that's the most clever name that you've come <laughs> up yet okay. with. I was pretty proud of all three of these. No, like this is this is definitely your best spread. <laughs> um, I was the least lazy about these names. Uh, no, there's a pun in that too. It's your best spread, spread of food, the spread. Giggity? I don't it's, get it. It's like <laughs> when somebody prepares a good meal of a bunch of food, you say, "Oh, this is a good spread." It's okay. A bunch of food drink puns. Oh, it's all. Yeah. Well, I've only got. Beverly Fern Dew is a food and drink pun, so yeah. So yeah, Beverly Fern Dew and the Countess Sue Gray. Which one wins? Let's see. You know, I've I've never done this before. I'm going to vote for my own. I'm voting for Beverly Fern Dew. I actually think I have to agree with you and go with your name. Sweet! <laughs> one of my names won. Rex's, all Rex's names have won all the last yeah. two, two or three times we named cats. Or... An already dead ladybug, but that's not the point. <laughs> See, it's better when you don't use name generators, Josh. I uh, can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> so there's your cat name. Hopefully, Sue likes her new name. Yep. Now you got to make some fondue. I've never made fondue. Oh, God, it's so good. I really want to one of these days. We should um, do that. Yeah, I, I've made it before, and it is delicious. Sweet. Contrary to popular belief, you do not need a fancy fondue pot to make fondue. I would imagine so. You can actually just use a crock pot. I was going to say, or a pan of some sort. I don't know. Let's see here. Let's see. So we uh, we don't have any voicemails. We don't have any new iTunes reviews. No. What the hell else are we going to do? Talk about Angel? <laughs> we are here for that. That's just fucking silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, I don't like it. Well, on to that, I think it might be time for a parental synopsis. You shut your... Oh, wait, no, that's just the format, isn't it? Yes. Joshua! <laughs> what are you doing, Joshua? Do you ever feel trapped, Dad? Trapped? Like how? Like in an underground black market gladiator arena? <laughs> well, that's oddly specific. I was going to say emotionally by the bonds of your abuser... Well, yes, but also literally by an ancient, enchanted, invisible fence system. Dad, is there something you need to tell me? All, I'm just saying your brother and I are sick and tired of paying off your debts, and we were thinking that you're going to sell me into slavery like they did to Angel in this episode of Angel. Well, fuck your hippie, bleeding heart nonsense, Angel bullshit. How could I possibly admit to liking something that you like? That would be emotionally mature. Not a weakness to show your vulnerability. Proof that you're not so homophobic that you can't show affection to your own son. Some kind of glimmer of hope that you're not hopelessly lost to toxic masculinity culture. Guards! Hey, what? Guards? It's just me with a cattle prod. Zap, zap, bitch! <laughs> Daddy, no! <laughs> this is so relevant to the episode because today on Angel, Angel gets sold into slavery <laughs> at an underground demon fighting ring where he could have gotten out of jail free with the help of Wolfram and Hart, but he takes the moral high road and inspires the other prisoners to revolt with some help from Wesley and Cordy, 
who hack the enchanted bracelets and give the key to the prisoner, who frees them all and starts a riot. They kill their way out of the arena, making sure to clean up the douchebag owner. Everybody goes home? Well, we don't know if they went home, but they sure as hell didn't stay there. <laughs> the end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Cold open. See, this doesn't count as a cold open. Um, because a cold open is when it goes directly to the scene. This this establishes... It does some over-the-town shots and everything, and then it does a, a scene showing where they are. Oh, did it? Yeah, it showed an exterior, so that, that doesn't count as a cold open. It's well, not a cold open. It's a sem- warm open. Semantics. But, like... It's not a cold open. Okay, lukewarm open. There we go. Demons, demons, demons. It's a website. Yes. Turns out. And much to my dismay, demonsdemonsdemons.com, which is the website that it's shown mm-hmm. on, on the show, is not a domain that is available, but it is not a domain that you can actually go to. That means that somebody owns that domain and isn't using it for anything. It's probably Joss Whedon. We should find out. I, I looked it up. I tried I tried to find who owns it, and I could not figure it out. Lame. Mostly because I'd have totally bought that shit. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah, you can hide um, your who is data now, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I should probably do that with my website. Also, like, nobody will go, even go to my portfolio website anymore because I don't have the little lock symbol next to it, which all the, literally all that is is the website paid some extra money to their domain host so that they can be a verified, secure website. So anyway, Cordelia is none too impressed with the title Demons, 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 and uh, Wesley is a little snippier than usual when Cordelia suggests maybe naming it Demon Database as an alternative title. He's like, ah, a name rife with single entendre. (laughs) He's so clever. And that's how the fight started, because him and Cordy really get into it here in a moment. And uh, it ends with Angel wearing a push-up bra. (laughs) Now everybody just go ahead and picture that for a moment. Okay, everybody good? Did everyone climax properly? No? Then you're doing it wrong. (laughs) So now we got him in tights and a push-up bra. Tights and a push-up bra. We got Doyle's wet dream over here. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But plenty of other shit to unpack with this scene. Oh, yeah. She searches for Wolfram and Hart in the database and is disappointed to find that they're not there. For some reason, it never fucking occurred to me till I wrote down Wolfram and Hart in my notes this time. Wolf, ram, and heart. That's three animals. A wolf, a ram, and a heart. Heart's a male deer. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that one. Yeah. Okay. They're all prey animals that you can sacrifice. Well, not wolf. Wolf's not a prey animal. Oh, you're right. Yeah, good point. It's definitely a predator. <laughs> Cordy makes a joke at uh, Wesley's dating base. Wesley has a dating base? Yeah. I miss having a dating base. I don't think she was making fun of his, like, any dating database that he had anything to do with so much as she was just like, they should make a demon dating database. Yeah, well, she's having some wordplay fun. Yeah. And Wesley's not really having any of it. And then that makes her turn her wit towards him. 
Well, and I think she's holding a grudge from his single entendre comment this whole time. Yeah. She goes into attack mode Cordelia. Which, speaking of entendres, one of the things that Wesley says here is, erected on high fashion pumps and a push-up bra. There's a dick joke there, right? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, if you think there's a dick joke there, there's definitely a dick joke there. Because if you don't think there's a dick jokes anywhere... There's a dick joke anyway. Right. You can force a dick joke. It See, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. <laughs> you can... <laughs> because I don't like where it was going. Yeah. <laughs> Did too many unsavory dick jokes. Yeah. If you will. Enter Angel with a push-up bra. It's very nice. <laughs> but we don't get too much of Angel in a push-up bra. No, no. Before Wesley pulls out his push-up bra and they both just start slapping their tits oh, i mean they're fake but they're slapping it damn it wrong script again <laughs> so some bruised up guy walks in the front door i love that they're carrying with this idea that that angel is the dad yeah <laughs> because he's he's like children we have company do you need counseling <laughs> like, well yeah dad too bad you'll never be able to afford it <laughs> so yeah we meet darren Mc, oh, what the hell? I can't read my own fucking writing. McDuscheldorf? M- I didn't get a last name off of him. Fuck. I'm surprised I got a first name. Well, Darren, anyway, is his name. And uh, uh-huh. he's had the shit beat out of him. He's having a bad day, but not nearly as bad of a day as his brother Jack. Supposedly. He explains to us his brother Jack has a gambling problem. His brother had come to him for him to pay off the debt. And he's like, no, fuck that. I've done it before. And he's been kidnapped by some weird, stinky albinos. And he's got his finger in a box that they sent him. And he doesn't know what they want. And, I mean, I wasn't impressed. It was like, you want a finger? I can get you a finger. (laughs) Right. I think this fucker's lying. The, uh... You know, I thought that before I was even... Before we even find out that that's really what's happening. Right. The end of the scene is Angel asks him, who do you think they were? Basically looks dead at the camera and says, that's the thing. They weren't people. They weren't people. Yeah, he says, dun, dun, dun. He says, do you know the people who did this? Right. They weren't people. Yeah, definitely a dun, dun, dun moment. Yep. So congratulations. It's a plot. (laughs) Sorry, but I think it's displaying symptoms of stupid. Also, it's a trap. (laughs) Opening credits. Opening credits. Do-ba-do-do. Opening sequence. Swooshy code is swooshy. Yep. Flap, 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 flappity. <laughs> Cut to Angel's apartment. No, they're not in the apartment. Or they're the office. They're in the same spot. Somewhere. Same scene where Darren is showing Angel some pictures of, of Jack. And I recognize Jack immediately. Or rather, I should say, I recognize the, the actor, actor. Imme- immediately. Okay. He plays the pompous asshole in the bar in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, how do you like them apples? Do you like apples? Well, yeah. I got her phone number. How do you like them apples? How do you like them apples? Well, that is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is, I do not like them apples. No. But yeah, it's that dude. They must be Macintosh. <laughs> so mealy. Right? Blah. Ugh. I prefer Honeycrisp. Right. I'm a Granny Smith guy myself. Really? Mm. Really? Oh, gross. Just gross. <laughs> Fuck you. 
Don't judge me. God, and you're also telling me that you don't like real mayonnaise, but you prefer Miracle Whip? That is correct. God damn, how are we friends? That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, Jack has a gambling problem. Uh, Darren didn't want to pay his debt. Angel decides he's going to go check up on the bookie. He gives Darren a a notepad to write down his description of the guys that he saw. And he sets Wesley and Cordy to researching. Yep, which we've already seen. They're well-primed for this episode. Handy that. Yes. And uh, Angel fucks off to the bookie, Ernie Nellens. Ernie Nellens, who doesn't like wheatgrass. Yes. Sounds like he should own a pancake house, not a fucking <laughs> bar with a back room yeah. gambling ring. It cuts to a fucking poker game. Ernie like picks up this this cup, takes a drink, and he's like, oh, wheatgrass. I ordered Kiwi Cooler. Fucking Hollywood, man. Seriously. <laughs> Just LA in general. Right? I wanted the sugar-free half-calf smoothie. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just mixed um, coffee lingo with smoothies, but who fucking cares? Insert overly complicated hoity-toity $10 beverage here. Yes. Like at least $10. That being said, I fucking love that shit. So oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's delicious. delicious. I, it's fucking crack in a bottle. I pay $5 for a half-calf Americano with oat milk every day, so I'm <laughs> not judging. I just think this guy's an asshole. Yeah. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. So Angel saunters into the backroom poker game and chooses not to kill everyone there. So much self-control just oozing out of this guy's every orifice. <laughs> but Is that what that is? Right? Yeah. I was worried he had to go to the doctor and get that checked out. He still should, but we're just going to call it confidence for now. It makes him feel better about it. So, I have a quote of the day here, just because it's a shitty pun. (laughs) It is, and I love it, and I also wrote it down, but go ahead. Uh, Ernie says, game's invitation only, pal. Angel says, then invite me. It's been a while since I've played, so I might be a little rusty on the rules, but I think my jacks beat your pair. Because he's got pictures of Jack, huh? Yep. Two of them, huh? Yep. Ah. Oh, man. Or maybe he had, I don't know how many he had. I don't know, the poker analogy is done. Whatever. Yeah. So Ernie gets all pissy and pulls a gun. Angel obviously takes the gun away from him with extreme ease. And he's like, oh, I didn't come here to fight. Let's just talk. He pulls a gun on him from a sitting position at point blank range. Like he thinks he's going to get anywhere with that. Not just that sitting position point blank range, but Angel is over his right shoulder and he pulls the gun with his right hand. With his right hand. It's like you have zero leverage right now, fucker. There's Zero. a f- there's a fucking bodyguard in the room standing to the side of Angel, and he does nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what is he paying these people for? <laughs> Clearly doesn't pay them enough. Anyway, they go outside and chat. This guy's such a walking Italian mobster, street thug stereotype. Yeah. Ain't nobody got no friends of Jack, just people he doesn't know. 
you know, whatever yeah. fucking slimy slickster blah. And Angel bribes him with the really dumb fake out <laughs> that Ernie thought was actually going to be a lighter for his cigarette, but is in fact it's a hundred dollar bill, and he actually like Ernie's. Ernie's into it though, because he he does <laughs> like he loved it. Yeah, he leans over like he's gonna light his cigarette off of the imaginary lighter yeah. that Angel has, just in takes, case yeah. there's any feds watching. Yeah, they'll think I lit this cigarette. You know, it's not like there's not any light coming from the fucking hands. Like when somebody does that, you can see light yeah. from the lighter because it's fire. And everybody always <laughs> grabs the lighter out of their hand right after they do that too. That's yeah. normal. Yeah. Perfectly normal. Totally normal. <laughs> anyway, he's bribing him for information on where the fuck Jack is, which it was actually a very sly play on words that he said before. They don't tell me nothing. And Angel's like, well, that doesn't mean you don't know. And he's like, aha, you got me. Yeah. So he's like, there's a place in Beechwood Canyon. Well, not exactly in Beechwood Canyon, under it. As he's saying this, we already see... Angel's car pulling up next to a guardrail in the middle of fuck all nowhere, yep. which I only recognize as L.A. because it looks exactly like Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> if it looks like Grand Theft Auto V, it's L.A. <laughs> Even my mother watching me play Grand Theft Auto V was like, that looks like L.A., Joshua. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck would you know? You've never been there. So that's how we know. This is how I get to logical conclusions, everybody. <laughs> Cut back to Angel Investigations. Before we get to see what happens in the sewer. Cordy's using her fancy schmancy database. Wesley's words, not mine. Right yes. out of the gate here. Isn't it handy that they set all that up and gave us all that information in the beginning? Yep. So <laughs> she inputs his description in the oddly specific search template here. <laughs> right. That happens to be all of the things <laughs> that he wrote down about the demons. They were able to type in that he's bald with ultra white skin and slimy with claw-like hands and smells sulfuric. Now, I appreciate the line that Cordy comes up with for the joke. Add a portion hair plugs, and I've dated this guy a lot. <laughs> My question, though, is when? <laughs> right? No, you haven't, Cordy. <laughs> when did you date some multiple sleaze bags by this description even jokingly right for fuck's sake she's just out of high school seriously like do you get around that much off camera i mean xander and that one ass hat that knocked you up with the demon spooge but <laughs> and almost doyle you kissed him once and got now you've got vision herpes for life <laughs> and there's just no getting rid of that no there's no cure for vision herpes what are you gonna do about the vision herpes <laughs> no creams no pills you want a salve i'll get you a salve <laughs> rub it and, wherever you want and as cordy already knows you can't kiss it away either <laughs> she tried <laughs> she didn't kiss every frog but she certainly kissed one anyway so last but not least this demon has an eerie high-pitched howl or wail Specifically says that it's for fighting or mating. Preparing to fight or mate. Yeah. Wesley is hanging on for dear life to his precious books. Yeah. He's like, now see here, you see, I most certainly could be doing all of the research right here now in my old fashioned but highly superior book learning. Nope, computers are better. I mean, okay, this one is bullshit. Right. But the concept stands. And Cordy hits enter on the search results, and we get the slowest results screen I've ever seen. 
since well, the nineties. It's dial up internet, probably. but it was still like two thousand when this happened. So whatever. Anyway, it's a howler demon. Yep. Oh boy. So then we cut back to Angel, and he's now entered the sewer. Yeah, he's prowling around, and there's like some gory shit going on down there. Yeah. Was that a face in the floor? Yeah. I don't know what, what the, the hell de- was I, going on with that. I don't fucking know. Anyway, he gets accosted by the Blue Man group <laughs> because he saw them without makeup on and they just can't let that stand. No. Yeah. No. I mean, that's what they would look like without makeup, I'm pretty sure. But they're still blue. I thought the, the blue was the makeup. Um. Are you telling me the Blue Man group <laughs> are not normal people covered in blue paint? Uh... Yes, I'm telling you they're creepy albinos that smear themselves in blue paint, not humans that smear themselves in blue paint. Well, that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They previously described it as an eerie, high-pitched wail, and this is just the funniest goddamn noise I've ever heard. You know, I didn't even think about that. I didn't hear any eerie, high-pitched wails, did you? The eerie, high-pitched wail that these fucking monsters give out is hilariously out of place. Like, do you know what the Wilhelm scream is? No. It's a very classic sound effect. It's it's in a lot of classic movies. It, it's kind of something people put into their movie as a rite of passage sort of thing. It's a really dumb scream. And it that's what it reminded me of. It made me think of... I think of I like, know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it actually. made me think of like... Kids playing. and I just jiggled the like, table and I saw all of my beverages <laughs> jiggle at once and it made me really happy. <laughs> Go on. God, you're weird. <laughs> um, but it sounded... The, the noise they were making sounded like children playing and one of them is trying to pretend to be a monster. Okay. But he's not good at it. It was hilarious. I fucking had to pause it and laugh for a few moments. Eerie high-pitched scream. It's not even that high-pitched. It's just goofy. Yeah. God. Edgar, you can do better. Come on. Anyway, whatever. Angel gets out of them that they sold Jack. Cut to a street entrance to a place where they sold Jack, presumably. Yes. Angel is... Some club. Some fucking club. Duh! Some fucking club. <laughs> Angel, about as sneakily as a brick to the face, <laughs> sneaky snakes his way into the club through a clearly non-removable sub-level grate covering a window. Right. There's this moment where he, like, he goes to pull on it, and then he, like, stands up and looks over at people. Like, he's, he's thinking, oh, wait, this will be too obvious. He's, like, and then, maybe 20 feet from the fucking bouncers. Yeah. And all of these people standing in line can definitely see him. Yep. Not a single person is like, hey, that asshole's <laughs> getting in for free. <laughs> that dude's breaking in. Maybe we shouldn't let him in. You know what? The easiest thing in the world to have done here would have been to cut to a shot of Angel in an alleyway where we hear some sound effects that sound like the front door and he breaks in through a back door. That right. would have made so much more sense. Or cut, have him, when he walks behind the bouncer like he does, have him walk down a fucking alleyway. Or at least around a corner or something. Or, you know, we're giving other vampires weird little fucking powers like celerity and shit. Why not give Angel some sort of hypnotism so he can get past some weak-minded dipshits? Well, Angel doesn't need the power of hypnotism. He just needs to take his shirt off. He's got tights and a push-up bra. 
he can he can make, and a grappling hook. He can make extra money that way too. <laughs> Get ones. I take fives. <laughs> mm. So anyway, we uh, enter into the club. We get a little bit of foreshadowing here. A wee bit. Just a wee bit. He's swaggering through, making all the ladies wet themselves with his ultra-suave catching of illegal gambling tickets. This one's labeled crib. We find out why later. Yep. And, uh, you know, the point here is he's fucking fast. Yeah. And sexy while doing it. I wish I could be that fast and sexy. I know, right? I mean, I am that fast. You heard it from him first, ladies. <laughs> Give him a call. He will be the fastest oh lay you've ever had. Not that kind of fast. Giggity. I'm just easy. <laughs> All right, fine. Semantics. Anyway. <laughs> it could mean the same thing. Hey, anyway. I'm kind of stuck on my dating base here, okay? I know, we all are. It's COVID, man. It's COVID. <laughs> so... So this lady sitting at a table accidentally knocks her ticket off of the table and Angel catches it and there's actually a sound effect as he does it. Because he's just that fast. He breaks the fucking sound barrier. And uh, and she's like, oh, thank you. And they make (laughs) eyes at each other. And he's like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) And he walks away. Which sounds a lot like, yeah. I know I'm that hot. That's right. <laughs> I'm pretty good. If I do say so myself. And Rex and Josh did. <laughs> That's right. He they he said our names in this episode. Twenty years ago. Yes. Ah oh, yes. <laughs> A person needs certain designer. Trying to eat my friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. So Angel wanders into the fighting arena. No, no, that, 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 that. we can't talk about this because rule number, rule number one, one and rule number two. You you don't talk, talk about, about Fight, Fight Club. Club. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, this episode's over. <laughs> we have to go. Fuck it, I'm breaking the rule. So there's a fucking fight club going on in the back of this goddamn place, except it's a non-consensual fight club. And that is the worst kind of fight club. Yeah. No, sir, I don't like it. Consent's important. Here at, uh, here at Ale with Angel, consent is very important. And, you know, everywhere. Yes. In general. So... Angel's watching an underground demon arena battle to the death as the crowd cheers. Yep. He looks at his pictures of Jack and manages to recognize this guy across the room as Jack. He's not in the arena, though. So what the fuck? So he follows him around into a back hallway. Why did they make the editing choice to have him pull out the pictures? We saw the pictures twice now. Yep. So we don't need to look at the pictures again as the audience. Well, it was to help out people like me who weren't paying attention to those pictures at all before. Well, (laughs) fucking pay attention. I will not. Yeah. They can continue to pander to my lack of attention span. I guess. I guess it just bothers me because Angel is a visual artist. 
He's a really good visual artist. You think he could hang on to that kind of an image? He wouldn't fucking need to look twice at those pictures to be able to just know him from across the room. Well, it's storytelling. I guess. Deal with it. (laughs) It's inconsistency. So he gets back there and he's flanked by Jack and his brother Darren, the very man who hired him. Oh no! Dun dun dun! And he doesn't—it's a trap. He doesn't look so bruised anymore. It is, in fact, a trap. I'm a little confused as to why, like, if they did makeup and shit on him, how come Angel didn't pick up on that? Like, he would know because it was movie quality makeup. His bruises; those were damn good bruises. I mean, they were—they were, but like, it, it seems like Angel would. So anyway, they somehow knew that Angel was a vampire and they're kidnapping him to fight in their ring. Angel obviously tries to put up a fight, but they tase him with multiple kettle prods and he's knocked the fuck out. Now I want to say, vampires getting tased and that knocking them out, that works for me. That works. Okay. Because that specifically deals with a nervous system. Okay. You're overloading the nervous system. I'm fine with that. Nothing to do with heart pumping. Exactly. I'm fine with that working. Good. Oh, man, I'm so glad. (laughs) I was worried. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. From now on, they need to tase vampires to knock them out, not shoot them with tranquilizer darts. I figured if it wasn't okay, it would have come up when they tased Spike. Yeah. Back, you know, at the beginning of, what, season four of Buffy? Yeah. I think so. So I don't remember. It was definitely season four. (laughs) Because that's with the initiative and Riley yeah. and everything. So anyway, Jack's like, oh, this one's got some attitude. That's good. It'll be a crowd pleaser. You know, just in case we didn't know that they were going to stick him in a fighting ring. Right. So, <laughs> so my question here is, so now we know that Darren set him up. Right. And that makes at least twice now, correct me if I'm wrong, that someone has wandered through the front door of Angel Investigations specifically to set them up. Yep. And I think Angel needs to start doing some better reconnaissance on his customers before he starts investigating the shit that they're talking about. This is kind of a problem known as a hero complex, Mm -hmm. where a person who has a hero complex will go out of their way to help others without really stopping and thinking through their actions. That's Angel. I can't relate to this at all. That's the uh, the half a Jiminy Cricket in my pants. <laughs> and he is... Uh, it's only half a cricket? That poor cricket. It's only half. <laughs> Got bitten by a horse when I was a kid. <laughs> there, was way so, there was so much blood. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Moving on from that, I don't know. I I got nothing. Uh, cut to some, I guess, cages, cells. I don't know what to call them. Holding pen, barracks. Barracks is decent. Sure, yeah. Angel wakes up in it. He attempts to engage his neighbor in conversation. Not even his neighbor; it's his cellmate. They're in the same cell. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. They are. Yeah, it doesn't go well. He's he's not much for conversation. And then Mr. Jack Mc... I'm the villain of the piece. Wanders in just as Angel wakes up and makes a big announcement to all of the slaves. But he's really just talking directly to Angel. Well, he's... I think he's specifically talking to Angel and his cage mate. Because 
they're both new. Oh, because the other guy's new too. Okay. But I think in that sort of circumstance, if you have a bunch of demons imprisoned against their will, Mm -hmm. it probably helps to constantly just repeat to them that they cannot get out and they are trapped there. And And I'm sure he does, because if there's any one thing driven home in this episode, it's that these demons are mostly broken. Yeah. They are not even attempting to get out. And that cannot be an easy task. Right? Yeah. Basically, he's just telling Angel, hey, you've got a bracelet. If you cross this red line with that bracelet, you're toast. Yes. Like, whether you're a vampire or not, you're going to get fucking eviscerated. Uh, More importantly, in order to get that bracelet off, he has to kill 21 people in combat. Yeah. You know, handy thing that there's a 21 in Roman numerals on the bracelet. Hey, very nice. Cut back to Angel Investigations. Wesley and Cordelia are searching for their lost love. (laughs) Kate was no fucking help at all. Instantly when Wesley's on the phone talking and it's like, oh, you haven't seen him? I'm like, who the fuck could they be calling? Like, who? And for some reason, it completely escaped me that they could be talking to Kate. It was, in fact, Kate. But she apparently wasn't terribly enthusiastic or give a shitty about the fact that he was missing. No. Which is too bad. It breaks my heart. A little bit. Breaks my cold, black, whittle heart. And apparently their client is also missing. Yeah. They haven't been able to get a hold of their client. Very suspicious. Very, very suspicious. So Wesley decides to follow up with the bookie, Ernie Nellens, while Cordelia keeps trying to contact Darren. So one of my quotes of the day. I didn't write down Cordy's line. So as Wesley decides to run off and talk to Ernie Nellens, Cordy's like, the bookie who may get his jollies cutting off people's extremities? And he he walks over to a drawer and opens the drawer and says, that's why I'm taking this, and pulls out weapons. I don't have enough shit to clatter. <laughs> but clatter, clatter, clatter sound effects here. Yeah. As everything in the drawer comes out with it, like you yes. just tried to get some tape out of your mother's junk drawer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. And, uh... Slight pause, along with a few other things. Along with a few other things. I very much relate to Wesley so much in this episode, man. Mm -hmm. So much, because he's like, oh, I'm going to be a badass and grab out this weapon and storm off like a badass and just completely flubs it. That's why I'm going to take this. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, goddamn, my little toe. Oh, that fucking hurts. so. Why? It's so small. Why does it hurt so much? Jesus. This is exactly me yeah. trying to be a badass. I think it's most of us, to be fair. <laughs> Cut back to slave jail. Yes. Where Angel humiliates the littlest demon at the dinner table by fighting his bully for him. They're eating gruel around the table, and this one demon, which we know from a uh, previous night. Hey, guys. That's some good-looking gruel. Yeah. Yeah, what would you know about gruel, Angel? You eat- He lived in the Dark Ages, You drink blood. Yeah, well, no, not the Dark Ages. It's the 1700s. Well, it's the Victorian era. Era. Yeah, I'm sure he's had gruel. Dark Ages was like the 1200s through the- Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm sure he's had gruel, though. Come on. Like, maybe, probably. I don't know. But anyway, Crib starts talking shit and steals another demon's food, and then Angel stands up to him. He's he's trying to be the big dick, but well, no, he's trying to do the right thing, but it is not the right thing. 
in this circumstance? Yes and no. So Angel specifically does this in a way where Angel goads Crib in a knowing way where Crib can't retaliate because the fucking guards are there and they're going to intervene. Yeah, they've got cattle prods everywhere. They're not going to let them fight amongst themselves because they need to save it for the ring. So, I mean, Angel knows that he can goad Crib all he wants without, you know, direct repercussions at this moment. Because they can't fight each other outside of the ring. Which makes me wonder why Malish isn't a little more choppy with the back talk here. Yeah. Right? But anyway, afterwards, Malish, the littlest demon, gets in Angel's face about it, as I felt he rightfully should. Yeah. It really felt condescending and humiliating for him. Like, even just from a normal perspective, it's like, you really should let him fight his own fights here. He's You, you don't need to just come in here as the new guy and be like, I'm going to be everybody's savior. And now you just look like a douche. On top of that, though, Malish... Fucking stand up for yourself at least a little bit. Yeah. Like, like you're all, you're in a fighting ring. You must have had some badassness about you to even get recruited here. Well, and he says he, he's already killed a couple. Yeah, he's got two kills. So, like. He's not bad yeah. at fighting, per se. I mean, he looks bad at fighting when we see him fight. Yes. But <laughs> anyway, he's pissed at Angel. Jack comes in and he announces the next two fighters. This is when Angel's previous cellmate makes a break for it. And we get to see what happens when you jump over that red line. Yeah. Bug zapper. It's like a fucking mosquito (laughs) in a bug zapper. And uh, total disintegration. Mosquito in a bug zapper plus vampire getting staked. Yeah. Imagine that. There you go. (laughs) Don't whiz on the electric fence. (laughs) That's pretty much what happens here. Yep. So I think they should have... I think they should have used big clunky collars instead of the bracelets. It's more dehumanizing. Right. I think I should run a slave arena. I'd be good at it. I think they didn't go with collars (laughs) because that'd be kind of cliche. Yeah, it's also been done, but it works. It's a thing that works. Also, you could very easily in a fighting circumstance grab a hold of a collar and choke someone. Like, you don't necessarily want to make it that easy. Yeah. But now that this guy's dead, they decide to break in good old Angel. Sooner yep. than later. Before this, I do want to mention that Melish is going against Trepkos, who's a badass, who's like the favorite. He's the gladiator of the gladiators. <laughs> Melish, when uh, when told that he's going against Trepkos, he knows he's fucked. He's definitely the Russell Crowe of the group. Yep. Yeah. Melish's reaction to this is very much... Meep. <laughs> <laughs> meep, meep, motherfuckers. <laughs> The look on everyone's face is he's doomed. He's dead. Yeah, everybody accepts that Malish is just going down. Why set your super strong dude against a smaller guy? Like, you just want to give him free kills? Wouldn't it make more sense to, like, pit your strongest against your strongest? I don't know. What I assumed was going on with the way they're setting up the fighters is that they don't want anybody to ever win. They want to well, make sure, but that doesn't explain why Trepkos has gotten as far as he has. Yeah, they keep setting him up to win, obviously. Yeah. Like, his 20th fight is against Mellish. 
Which isn't a fight. Yeah. Yeah, they That's... weren't using any kind of uh, an actual like tiered system here at all. No, no. Bunch of assholes. It's fixed. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of logistics to uh, running a fight ring that I don't understand because I'm not an <laughs> evil fucker. I think they were trying to play with the dynamics of the room, and I think they were trying to get to Angel. Because after all, this is still a show about Angel, and he's yeah. the star of his own TV show. And there's never a moment where everybody around him doesn't treat him like it. Yeah. And that's kind of an issue with the writing. He's always the center of attention, no matter what. Which, it makes a certain amount of sense, but there are definitely times when it's when it just doesn't fit the scenario. And this was one of them, I thought. I completely agree. Like, they would just treat him like cattle until he started acting like it. I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. So, from here, we cut to Wesley being a badass. Yeah, we're back at the shots back room with Ernie Nellens, or whatever the fuck his name was, beating a guy and intermittently icing his knuckles between hits. But, you know, that's smart. He's a real winner. He's smart, though. Like, you don't necessarily want your hands to swell up. That That's painful. Yeah, you never see that in mobster movies where they're beating the fuck out of some guy because it makes him look like a wuss. <laughs> it's like, I have to ice my knuckles in well, between hits. First off, we're talking about a bookie who drinks kiwi coolers. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I needed the really sweet one because I can't stand the wheatgrass, was it? Yeah, wheatgrass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a child. He's like a five-year-old. His favorite mascot is the fucking Kool-Aid man. <laughs> so anyway, Wesley enters and tells them to stop beating the guy. And then Ernie makes, like, no, seriously, the weakest move an actor can possibly make. Also, the character. Yeah. It makes the weakest fucking move you can make. It's like... They've got this new element to deal with suddenly, and he decides to have a seat. Right. And chat with him from further across the room. No. Some new fucker comes in, they need to be put in their place. You walk towards them, you stay standing, and you get in their face. Yeah. That's a show of strength. His display was nothing but a show of weakness. Well, I think part of his choice here... The character, was, not necessarily the actor. Yeah. The character. I think part of his, his choice here was driven by the fact that when he interacted with Angel, Angel bribed him 200 bucks. Sure, I get that. So, I don't think he wants to take Wesley seriously at all. He assumed that because he's associated with Angel that he's not looking for a fight. Right. Okay. A, that. Yeah. But B, also, look at Wesley. Yeah. He's in a fucking suit... It was like a vanilla colored suit, kind of topish colored. Yeah. He makes fun of his accent. He looks like a middle school social studies teacher. Yes. Yeah. Who can take that seriously when he's like, well, if you don't stop doing that, I'm going to beat you senseless. Yeah. Nevertheless, I still felt like his sitting down was more driven by the fight choreographer saying, well, we need to have a reason that you're close to the wall when he shoots you later. Right. So Ernie sits down and Wesley pulls out his fucking crossbow, 
Er what, what are you, Robin Hood? Right. Ernie pulls out his gun and Wesley shoots Ernie's fucking hand, pins it to the wall. Ernie drops the gun. It skitters across the floor to Wesley, who picks it up and points it at the thugs. Oh, he didn't have his own gun? No. Okay. He I, stole He stole Ernie's gun. I it's so much sweeter. Yeah, I didn't catch that that was Ernie's gun. Yeah. But still, he manages to uh, intimidate the other three guys who all have guns. Yeah. Just because he points the other gun at them. It immediately made me think of the scene in Aladdin when Abu picks up the sword and one guard's like, he's got a sword! And the other guard goes, you idiots, we've all got swords! Exactly. <laughs> but at least they, even in a Disney film, they still realized that they've all got swords! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Hey guys, you've all got guns. But Wesley, two different things should have happened here in a, a more slightly more realistic scenario. Wesley should have immediately kneecapped one of those fuckers with that gun. Yep. And regardless of that, all three of them should have just started shooting. I think it would have been better if like one of them, one or two of them might have gone down, but you assume that once somebody has a gun <laughs> pointed at you that they're about to start firing. Yeah. Anyway, realism aside, yeah. it's Slightly sort of made Wesley look a little bit like a badass. I think it did really well to make him look like a solid badass. He yeah. looked like a solid badass. But the fucking exclamation point on that in the end of the scene is he walks up to Ernie and he fucking grabs the crossbow bolt and twists it. He, he starts <laughs> wiggling it. And I, I love that. That was kind of badass. But, you know, I, I think Ernie's place here gets an honorary title today, Rex. And I think you know what it is. <laughs> what is that? The plot hole emporium! <laughs> Come on down! Did you fuck up and get your main character kidnapped? Need to get a, need to get a little character development out of the way in one quick leap because you killed off your other sidekick? Look no further! The plot hole emporium has what you're looking for. Well, you could try giving that new sidekick a reasonable battle that he can win in some sort of feasible manner, but that's not the plot hole emporium way. Let us handle it and we'll set him up right with the weakest motherfucker and some idiot goons as cannon fodder. But wait, there's more. We'll make sure to cock tease your audience by not even using the cannon fodder as cannon fodder. Simply let them <laughs> flap in the breeze and cower at your new sub-hero's completely undemonstrated prowess. Thanks again for coming to the Plot Hole Emporium, where we cram plots so far down to the darkest holes, you'll be finding Christmas presents. <laughs> the way you end those never ceases to crack me up. <laughs> I do what I can. Oh, man. <sighs> okay, back to the fucking Fight Club, <laughs> which is apparently called XS XXI. Uh. So... They actually won. Yeah, oh, it's called 21. Yeah, that's the thing. Neat. Where we meet truly meet Lila Morgan, which is the woman that made eyes at Angel previously. Yes. She's a bad guy. Woman. Well, she her. She's of the bad. <laughs> she's of the bad type. I know. Yeah. She's a bad uh, guy. She asks Darren about this rumor going around that your vampire has a soul. I mean, she seems fairly neutral to me, honestly. Yeah, but she's not. <laughs> she's still a psychopath. Yeah. What are you going to do? But she's wondering if Angel having a soul will have any effect on his ability to fight, and how does it do about them odds? <laughs> Ain't do nothing. No. You get even Stevens on that. Yep. Or whatever they called it. 
You bet some, that's how much you win if he wins. That's kind of lame. I know, it, right? It makes sense for someone they have no real statistics on, I but guess. But yeah, it's also his first fight, so whatever. Cut back to the fighter barracks, where yeah. the littlest demon, the littlest demon, <laughs> tries to repay Angel's favor. Now he's thankful, all of a sudden. Yeah. Tries to repay Angel's favor by giving him uh, fighting tips against his opponent. Angel ain't want none of that. Yeah, Angel still thinks he's not going to kill anyone. My question, he's so he's apparently fought this guy, but neither of them died? No, 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 no. Uh, Mellish was saying that Baker, that's the guy that Angel has to fight, uh-huh. Baker had gotten his eye injured in a previous fight. He didn't say that he fought Oh, Baker. okay. I thought he was talking about his personal experience fighting no. him. No. All right. No. Baker got it. his eye injured in a previous fight a couple weeks ago, so Angel needs to take advantage of that. Okay, fair enough. But Angel's like, nah, I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do it. I'm not going to kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I have way too much integrity, far more integrity than you. Mostly them, but de- also way more than you. <laughs> Anybody here, really. So much integrity. <laughs> Can we just talk about the problem with this story here that... Angel, you literally have a job of killing demons. Right. That's how you make your living. What's the problem? Yeah. Like, (laughs) are demons evil? Are they only evil sometimes? I honestly think that the only reason that Angel is so uppity about this is because it's not consensual demon killing. Right. (laughs) You, nobody <laughs> makes Angel kill demons, and I can get on board with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, it's like, it still kind of bothers me. Like, earlier, when we when he first came into the fight ring, he watched one, the one demon slit the throat of the other demon, and he turns away like it's it disgusts him. Uh-huh. It's like, how many fucking demons have you cut the heads off and slit throats, man? Come on. Well, and he spent the rest of his unnaturally long life feeling bad about it, but not all of it. Well, no, even like, plenty yeah. since he's been Angel, exactly. not just Angelus. I, I know. It's inconsistent. I agree. We cut to outside the club. Cue my favorite scene in the episode. Is it the one where Wes and Cordy scam some tickets off some douchebags? Yes, it is. This is pretty fun, actually. Because it's a beautifully well-done scene, and both characters are exactly as awesome as they need to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Cordy does a really good job here of playing like the detective type. Oh yeah. So they walk up to a random couple. I thought Wesley was a bit overhanded on it, but Well yeah, but he's Wesley, so like it makes sense that he would be. Yeah. Because he can only be a badass when no one's around to witness it. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bear shitting in the woods. Yes, exactly. That is correct. So they walk up to this couple. And Cordy immediately is like, oh, I'm a detective. Do you know that this is an unlicensed sporting event? And the, the, guy's like, the, the guy is immediately like, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Cordy rolls with it flawlessly. <laughs> oh, like, I know. And I don't give a shit. She immediately turns it to, this is an unlicensed sporting event and you're in trouble, mister. But she turns it from that into, look, something's going down and you don't want to be here. We're doing you a favor. With the help of Wesley, who made it sound really stupid, though. Yeah. Where did he say, there's something going down with the man? Right. And, like, I can't even make fun of that line. It makes fun of itself. 
There's nothing to add. There's nothing <laughs> to add whatsoever. Also, the only other thing here that doesn't really track for me is Cordelia's goddamn zebra skin coat. <laughs> it, it's L.A., man. Just, How did just, they take her it's LA. seriously? It's L.A. I took her face seriously. She was great. Yeah. She pulled it off. Wesley, not so much. <laughs> no. But the only thing that sold this was Cordelia's face because she played the part perfectly. Just for fuck's sake, people, can you put Wesley in a darker color suit? Yeah, the fucking... He needs to stop looking like a goddamn rich person on a safari. Gray. He needs to be in a gray suit for fuck's sake. Or brown. You know, go more Giles with him. Sure, that works. Play up the Giles all day long. Giles isn't in this show, guys. Right? It would work right? for him. <sighs> Make him look more like a librarian. Yeah, this the scene's great. Handled perfectly. They get the tickets. They head on inside. Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. Cut to the big fight! Hey, yeah, the big one. Which, it was introduced before the previous scene, but oh well, it was nothing. Yeah, Angel's um, just fighting. He's stalling, is what he's doing. He's just stalling. And he's determined not to kill anybody. But my favorite part is that Baker is going all out on him, and Angel's shrugging the shit off like nothing. He doesn't yeah, care. He's just neoing that shit. Yeah. Uh, enter Wesley and Cordy. They're like, oh no! <gasps> He's a slave in that fighting ring. I dare say these Octavian matches date back to the Roman Empire. I'd heard rumors of revival. Yup. Cordy, of course. Could they have just done West Side Story? <laughs> yeah, Cordy. It's a revival. They could be snapping <laughs> while they're killing each other. That's a great idea. <laughs> I want to see that scene. I know, right? <laughs> Specifically with Angel, like David Boreanaz as Angel doing West Side Story. That's what I want to see. I would love to see that. <laughs> Wes and Cordy are kind of horrified. Yep. Angel cuts a bitch. And the crowd goes wild. Darren is tired of the bullshit and has his henchman toss a knife into the ring. Uh-huh. Where Baker grabs a hold of the knife and cuts Angel. And then it, that causes Angel to vamp out. And then Angel ends up killing Baker. Yeah. I knew it wasn't going to last long. No. It does bring up an interesting question. I don't know if we've really discussed this or not, but when a vampire vamps out, does that like inherently just make them feel more aggressive? I think it's the other way around. He's feeling aggressive and therefore vamps out. Like that is the effect of him being of him getting pissed and right. being more aggressive. Right, but the way it's kind of portrayed cause and effect wise in this scene is Angel gets cut and the wound causes him to vamp out mm -hmm. and then he becomes more aggressive in the fight. I think it's a vicious cycle. It's a little little of column A, a little of column B. Um, yeah, okay. It's just it's it's an interesting idea that vamping out could literally have an effect on his personality. Yeah, it's like I'm angry therefore I vamp out. Now I'm vamped out therefore I'm angry. Yeah. Err. <laughs> er. <laughs> so yeah, he kills Baker. With the knife. Fight's over. Cut back to the barracks. Where he comes in and 
He's trying to convince them that they don't need to fight. If everyone doesn't fight, then they can't make us all fight. Specifically, um, he's trying to appeal to Trepkos to not kill Malish. Yeah. He kind of gets through to him a little bit. Maybe a little bit. He seems like he's more concerned that Angel just doesn't want Malish to die. So he's right. like, I'll kill him quickly. Yeah. It's like, there, that make you feel better, right? There's one quick line between Angel and Crib here. Uh, after he says, we don't have to fight, Crib says, one lucky kill don't make you an expert. Angel replies with, that wasn't the first life I've taken, or the 21st. And it's like, for fuck's sake, Crib, you know he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. Vampires literally have to kill people to live. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, why? Right. Crib's I- an idiot. Crib's an idiot, that's all I have to say. They're all idiots, but, you know, they're all abused and... Yeah. Whatever. What's what's the word? Institutionalized. Traumatized. Traumatized, yeah. I still don't really get what Angel's endgame is here. Does he just want them to brazenly fight the guards? I guess. And I guess maybe that would kind of work, because there's more of them than there are guards. Yeah. But, you know, the whole thing kind of reminds me of the proletariat versus the 1% kind of mentality. Yeah. So beaten down, you don't rise up. Exactly. It just reminds me of 1984. Oh, God. I'm due for another read of that book, actually. Right? And I read also- that on a yearly basis. Oh, okay. I've only read it the once, but it was very memorable. It's one of my favorite fucking books of all time. And we were both born in the year of 1984, by the yep. way. Yep. So anyway, Trepkos indeed does make the fight super quick. Literally, they walk out into the ring and Trepkos just grabs him and breaks his neck. Yeah, it's pretty one-sided. Yeah. Uh, Malish takes two swings and Trepkos rips his throat out. I, I swear there was more going on than just his neck breaking there. Even though they cut away, right? there were some gory sound effects. But from the stance of fight promoters who are trying to make entertainment, bad call on the brothers' parts, man. I, there's no way these fucking people were that entertained by them walking out and Trepkos going, he's dead, moving on, next you want competition and and fighting and actual struggle. Yeah. For his 20th fight. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's just dumb. It's dumb. It is. So, we cut to outside. Wesley and Cordy are trying to figure out what they're going to do. They're debating calling the police. That's a bad idea. Yeah. As Wesley points out, if they're lucky enough that the police aren't already crooked and involved, right. Then these guys would immediately destroy the evidence the second the police show up. Meaning they'd kill all the fighters, including Angel. And they wouldn't even have to try that hard to kill all the fighters. they just have to push them over the red line. Exactly. Like, they've got these people by the balls. Oh, yeah. Demons, whatever. And uh, Wesley says he needs a bracelet so that he can try and hack its tasty, tasty ancient magic, which won't be easy. Oh, good. Cordy already swiped one. Yeah, because she's apparently some sort of badass pickpocket now. Like, where the fuck did she get that? Well, I think they were trying to establish that because Darren was fiddling with one across the room and he set it down, she managed to get all the way across the room through the crowd to swipe it at some point. That's what I picked up that they were trying to, to imply. Yeah. But like, holy shit, when did she become a ninja? Cause damn, that's some smooth shit. She is Cordelia 
fucking chase. <laughs> Don't you ever underestimate her. Apparently. So come back to the barracks. Where Jack taunts Angel like a dumbass. <laughs> standing directly within arm's reach. Right. Yeah. It, this does not go well for Jack. No. Frankly, it doesn't go quite as Angel had planned either, though. Nope. Now, you can't tell me that Angel is the first one to try only sticking his arm over the red line. Right. More importantly, though, he sticks the arm with the bracelet over the red line. Uh-huh. Why didn't he stick the other arm over the red line? Because, like, if you think about it, you could probably walk across the red line as long as you leave your one arm sticking out. Yeah. And it's on the si- the other side. You know, that you have a good four to five foot fucking reach that's there. That's absolutely worth testing. And I thought of that several <laughs> times, but I was like, but these are magical bracelets they're not like run by wi-fi i guess yeah there's no guarantee that they didn't think of that but jack's a dumbass for not thinking oh he couldn't possibly be quick enough to reach across the line grab a hold of me and pull me back before he gets disintegrated well that felt kind of plot holy to me because oh yeah it did (laughs) i was like "That, that can't be the first time that somebody's tried that for starters and also again whether it's the limb that has the fucking bracelet on it or not, wouldn't even just his arm disintegrate for crossing the line? Yeah, it really should. Wouldn't it trigger his whole body to disintegrate? Something. It Seems should. like there should have been more consequences than fuck all nothing. Yeah, anyway, he grabs a hold of Jack. He tries to threaten Jack to get everyone out of there, but the demons, they all just freeze. They don't want to help him because they know he's about to get his shit waffle kicked in. Yeah. Enter Darren, mm-hmm. who's a psychopath, like yeah. older brothers are. Turns out, <laughs> like, this guy <laughs> takes both of our brothers, combines him with Jack the Ripper, <laughs> and a little bit of all the bad parts of Dexter. Yeah. Who am I kidding? There's no bad parts of Dexter. <laughs> Anyway, this motherfucker just guns down his own brother. Well, I have the line here. I thought we were going to, like, find out that they're not really brothers or something. (laughs) No, this is just some twaffle that we hired in and told you he was my brother. I think it's better that they are brothers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, But I have the line here. I wrote it down. I loved it. Angel's like, come on, Darren. We both know there's only one way for this to play out. So let's just get it done. He's your brother. Shoots him. Now he's my dead brother. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's my brother. Here, I'll show you how I treat my fucking brother. Boom, boom, boom. Just like that. Take him out. Now I'm going to go eat a fucking ham sandwich. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's what you're going to do. Now you're going to shut up and you're going to be a good little slave. And you're going to go fight. You know, I'm just like every now and then I enjoy the one dimensional bad guys. Right? Like, no, Darren's a good bad guy. I didn't think Jack was a particularly engaging character anyway. No. I was glad to see him go. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is. It's perfectly fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime. Ever. Should you continue to harass our client, you'll be forced to bring him in the light of day. I want that stricken from I'm told it's not all that healthy for you. Cut to upstairs. Well, no, not no? upstairs. Cut to some other fucking office 
somewhere. Specifically, it's a Wolferman Heart office, my friends. Indeed, it turns out, because Angel, well, obviously, they tase the ever-loving shit out of him. Yeah. He's unconscious, and he wakes up with his leather jacket on. Yeah, they gave it back to him. And if you remember Ticket Lady. Yep. She's shown up twice now. This is number three. Lila. Lila. I didn't get that. Okay. And she's a Wolferman Heart associate. Yeah. Associate. And she's offering Angel his freedom in exchange for his agreement to shut the fuck up about this fighting ring. Couple lines from this scene. Uh, First, she asks how Angel feels. And I liked his response was... Like I was hit by lightning after the truck ran over. After the... That was a good one. That was very descriptive. During their conversation, she says to him, There's not one reason why we can't work together. You're right. There are about a thousand. (laughs) I have way more moral high ground than you. No, so she's basically like, No, we bought you. You're free. We're going to let you go. But the only catch is you can't tell anybody about the Fight Club. Rule number one and rule number two. You don't talk about Fight Club. Fuck that. That was a terrible movie. (laughs) It was not a terrible movie. It was Angel saying that. I didn't... I thought it was great. (laughs) Oh, you think Angel doesn't like good cinema? That is correct. (laughs) I think he has no opinion. (laughs) That I would agree with. He would have no opinion. But no, he turns her down because he's not going to sit quietly and just twiddle his thumbs while perfectly, quote, good... Demons. Well, completely are, innocent demons yeah. are exploited. <laughs> How dare ye? God damn it. It's not consensual. <laughs> Seriously, though, you can't prove that they're evil. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know that. As previously established, there are plenty of not evil, evil things. That is a running theme in this show. <laughs> so this one kind of takes it to a whole new level of demons are really people does. too. Anyway, so I was like, live to fight another day, dipshit. But he's gone full moral high ground. Yeah. He's sitting there playing his banjo. I'll take the high road, you take the low road. You can go fuck yourself in the morning. Yep. (laughs) Cut back to Angel's apartment, where Wesley is working on the bracelets, and Corey's impatient. And then Wesley blows himself up. He does, in fact. That's the scene. Right? There's not really particularly great dialogue. Like, there's their normal banter. It's it's all right. It's Cordy and Wesley banter. Yeah. One quote I got from this scene. She's interrupting him. She's saying shit like, You think people get enough gratuitous violence watching Jerry Springer? And he's like, Do you mind? <laughs> I am trying to not blow myself up as he promptly blows himself yeah. up. And it's okay, because he's a cartoon. He just shakes his face, goes... <laughs> he is, in fact, a cartoon. <laughs> and uh, and he's fine. In the next shot, there's not even soot on his face anymore. He is definitely the most cartoonish goddamn character in this show. So far, that is correct. <laughs> so all he needs to find the key to these bracelets is something that conducts some, but not too much, electricity. Yes. Cut back to the arena. Where the demons are just in utter disbelief that Angel has come back. Yeah, where dumbass Angel just walks right back in, right over that red line, and holds his fucking wrist out and lets them slap that bracelet right back on him. Even though that kind of gave him the perfect chance. I guess To murder all of them! To murder all of them! I mean, I feel like, also, he could have so easily been like, Oh yeah! I won't say a word about this! I promise! Right, right. 
Scout's honor. Like he would really have any issue lying to the face of a Wolferman Heart lawyer. Zero fucking obligation <laughs> to this bitch. Just lie to her. Get your freedom. Go back and take that fucking place down. Yeah, exactly. But no, he's doing it the hard way. God damn it, Angel. He's right it's back. It's that hero complex, man. It really it's is. It's that fucking hero complex. So he's got that bracelet back on him, and now he's got to go fight Trepkos tonight. Yup. He's going to be Trepkos's 21st fight. So I, I kind of agree with Darren here. He's like, I don't know what this guy has proven, but fucking God damn it, Darren. Don't you know how <laughs> broody Angel is? He can't do the sensible thing if the sensible thing doesn't give him reason to be grumpy. Trepkos, God damn it, Trepkos, don't you see how broody he fucking is? You can't compete with that shit. Nobody sees how broody he is. Nobody. Oh, he's going to brood all over you. (laughs) All night long. Oh, is that what you call that? He's still got that Uh. hero oozing out of him, but it's, it's broody hero. I'm going to just say yuck and move to the next scene. It's going to ooze all over everybody. (laughs) Back to Angel's apartment. Where Wesley is out of ideas. He's out of ideas. He just can't find the right thing to conduct just just a tiny, tiny little bit of electricity, but also trip the little trigger that it needs to trip. Yeah, or something that he's, yeah... We need something supple enough to thread the locking mechanism, but strong enough to spring the release. Do you know what that will be? That will be Keanu's hair! (laughs) Specifically, Cordy pulls out a hair from her horse who was named Keanu. Oh, I I did hear that. Yes, our lord and savior's (laughs) hair. When he was in horse form and owned by Cordelia. This is when I screamed, oh my God, when watching the episode. Okay. Because it's come full circle, Josh. It has. It's come full fucking circle. Keanu has been mentioned in the show, not by us, but by an actual character. It gives us full reason to worship our Lord and Savior. There it is. And he was perfectly popular back back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking speed was 90s. Bill yeah. and Ted was early, very early 90s, maybe 89. Even. Uh, yeah, I think it was late 80s, early 90s. Oh, fucking Point Break was in this era. I didn't even know that was Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. I gotta watch that now. Oh, dude. Oh, I'm just, I'm behind on my scripture. I apologize. Yeah, dude. <laughs> More importantly, it's Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Oh, my. And Gary Busey. Oh, that's a hell of a trio. <laughs> All right. I might be watching that. And I think, shit, I think Demi Moore as Shut well. Shut up. I, no, hold on. I really want to double check this because I'm pretty positive. You go ahead and double check that. Meanwhile, so it's Cordy's turned to every man this shit. And she has this brilliant idea of horsehair, which of course she has on her person because she used to be rich and has a bracelet made from her old beloved pet, Keanu. That was a horse, specific breed of horse or something. It is not Demi Moore. That's unfortunate. It's Lori Petty. Now we know. Who's still super hot. But hey, the horse hair works. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Right? Um, I don't think there was any actual horse hair in this scene, by the way. Because you don't actually see the hair 
I think they were miming that there was a hair there. He may have been miming the hair. I wouldn't put it past them. I don't understand why Wesley at this point wasn't wearing giant rubber gloves and goggles at this point. Right? You know. Like, you can't tell me that Wesley, of all people, doesn't have a pair of goofy-ass fucking goggles. Right? Anyway, but they're short on time, so, you know, fuck it. They got problems to solve. Yeah. Back to fight night! Back to Darina. (laughs) Darina. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you want to... You finally like one of them? You want to no, do it with no, me? No, no, Come on. No, moving on. Come on. Lila bets 10000 on Trepkos, because fuck Angel. <laughs> yeah, not so much faith in him anymore. And nope. uh, Angel and Trepkos' fight starts. He tries to reason with Trepkos one last time. Trepkos just replies with, I'll kill you quick. That's his thing. Yeah. At at that point, when he said it the second time, I'm like, that's just what he says to everybody. Yep. <laughs> but that's Angel's response t- is... That's what he tells all the cute vampires. <laughs> but Angel's response is just, I won't let you. <laughs> He's like, come oh, on. Nobody's ever bantered at me back before. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> they fight. Yep. They start fighting. Uh, cut to backstage where Cordy distracts a guard to so Wesley can sneak past into the cage area. Yeah. <laughs> this guy looked like a real fucking bright one. Right. Looked like he was high as balls. <laughs> but anyway, Wesley's talking to Crib and tries to make a plan with him, but instead he just uses his big lizard tongue to steal the bracelet key from him. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, no, you can't do that. That's against the rules. I like how no one ever explained to Crib how to use the goddamn thing. Right? Like... Good thing nobody needed to. <laughs> I mean... It was a half-cocked fucking plot yeah. point anyway. Here, we touch this horse hair to this thing, and it works. Hey. Like, for fuck's sake, make a charm or something that you have to, like, wave and say a magic word over the goddamn bracelet. Yeah, they didn't that try. That fit better. They didn't try too hard here. <laughs> I, maybe there's some real science behind horse hair and electric conductivity that I'm missing. I, know. I doubt it. Nothing I can think of, no. Yeah. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. He runs back to Cordelia, though. Yep. And the fight continues. Uh, Darren throws some sharpened staffs down into the ring. Yeah, which, you know, you're kind of giving a... uh... An unfair advantage here, sharp wooden thing, is going to do a lot worse to one over the other. Yeah, I'm like, why do you want Angel to... I guess they really want Angel to die because he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. But I can't imagine them actually letting anybody out of this place when they get to 21 fights. The thing is, though, Darren this whole fucking time is, like, super full of himself that there's no chance in hell... That Angel is going to get the fucking demons on his side. So trying to kill Angel off just says that maybe he's a little worried that Angel's going to actually succeed in his plan to get the demons to turn against their captors. But that's not hinted in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's inconsistency. There's fucking lots of inconsistency. Missed opportunity at the very least. Yeah. You know, it happens. But uh, yeah, they throw some, some of Angel's kryptonite down into the ring. Trees, no! (laughs) 
They fight some more. Trepkos gets a good stab on Angel. But uh, not in the heart. His lower right abdomen. Very far from his heart. Yeah, I think it was just having too much fun. He didn't want it to be over yet. Right? He knew where to stab him. Yeah, come on. Everyone <laughs> knows where to stab a vampire with a sharp pointy stick. Exactly. And Wood only works as kryptonite one way. And that's it. The only way it works. In the heart. In the heart. That is correct. We see Crib back in the barracks area where he figures out the key and he's like, aha, Eureka. And he runs over to the group. Presumably he is now opening up all of their locks on their bracelets, but we don't actually see that. Angel manages to get Trepkos pinned down back out in the arena with the pointy stick to his throat. But then he's on the high road. Trepkos on the low road. (laughs) Nope. Angel refuses to kill Trepkos. And there's this long, broody moment with deep eye contact. Oh, it's so broody. <laughs> yeah, Trepko's not being a complete moron as Angel steps away from him and lowers the stick. Immediately starts to fuck up Angel some more. Oh, yeah. And boy, does he... F- he's no longer playing. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I'm done playing with my food today. <laughs> yeah. But... As he's about to take the blow that would have laid Angel flat on his ass, in a last-minute epiphany, has a change of heart. Yup. His heart grew three sizes too big. It really did. (laughs) And then he died, because that's... That's just how these things go? There's probably a word for that. (laughs) Um, Some sort of medical terminology. Yes. Heart embiggening. There is, I think, an actual term. I think... Film theory did an actual, like, theory on the Grinch's heart. <laughs> oh my some, God. some YouTuber I watched did a, a theory on the Grinch's heart. Of course they did. Uh, but yeah, Darren is like, you know what? Kill them both. And Wesley shows up and pulls a gun on Darren. Um, yeah, Wes's genius plan is to stick a gun in Darren's face in the middle of a sketchy, crowded room at a heavily guarded underground humanoid trafficking ring. Fucking great idea, Wesley. Right? Really smart. Also, I like to think that that's still Irving's gun. Oh, probably. And so he actually just stole the gun. Just kept it. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> He's a badass. He can do that. Also, if he murders anyone with it and then tosses the gun, it's not going to trace back to him. Right? <laughs> but... Okay, I can still buy that Wesley does this because he's desperate and Angel's in trouble. Yeah. And also he notices that something else is going on down there. Yeah. Anyway, Darren is unsurprisingly not affected. No. Because he is a psychopath. Yes. And frankly, in no real danger because he's surrounded by bodyguards whom we know to do nothing previously. Right. But, you know, there are bodyguards. Yes. Kind of. (laughs) But I also have yet to see Wesley pull the trigger on a human, no matter how evil they are, ever. Right. Demons? That racist fucking limey will shoot a demon in a heartbeat. <laughs> Demons are evil. <laughs> I dare say, pew pew. <laughs> I was not expecting racist fucking limey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did my research. Apparently... British people do not find the term limey particularly offensive because good. <laughs> it's only Americans that have ever used the term and they almost never hear it. They call us Yankees. We call them limeys. It's fine. Yeah. No. Oh, so all the demons bust in because, you know, they're all cuffless now. Uh-huh. And all hell breaks loose. They do. 
and they start climbing up the fucking walls like Edgar. Like, just climbing the walls, freaking out, mm-hmm. making weird noises, <laughs> looking at you upside down, all crazy-like. Yeah, because cats are demons. <laughs> they really are. Fuzzy little demons. I love my little house Who's fuzzy little demon? The whole plan with Wesley pulling the gun on Darren doesn't work out. Darren takes the gun from him. Yeah, well, they're struggling over it for a while. Yeah, there, there's a bit of a struggle, but Darren takes the gun, and then Cordy implements her brilliant idea. And I really like her brilliant idea. It is to shove Darren into the pit. With a stanchion. Yeah. By the way, those things are fucking heavy. They are. Yeah, if you've ever tried to lift one of those things. By the way, anybody who doesn't know proper theater terminology here, a stanchion are those metal stands that have the fuzzy velvet ropes on them yeah. that you'll see at any movie theater and likely live theaters as well. I mean, first off, those fuzzy fucking ropes, those are actually pretty heavy. Yeah, if you were to take one um, of those off the clips and swing it at somebody's face, you could hurt a motherfucker. And on top of that, though, you don't want the fucking stanchion to fall over. It's got to have a heavy-ass base. That base is, seriously, they are difficult to lift. I am... A 6'2 grown man, they are not light. Physically, not mentally. He's still highly immature. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Early, mid-20s at most. (laughs) I think that's being a bit optimistic, don't you? Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. All right. Anyway, yeah. So, Um, Crib Freeze Angel calling him a loser yep i hope ironically because he kind of just saved your ass dipshit yeah well okay it was wesley but you know i guess he doesn't understand that wesley was angel's friend i don't know he had to have been like hmm you're both white so (laughs) probably probably friends (laughs) white people all know each other (laughs) pretty sure that's how it works i mean living in kalamazoo yeah (laughs) Like, we live in a small enough town that, yeah, we kind of know everybody. Everyone knows us. And I hate most of them. We, right? <laughs> so, so here we are. Cordelia knocked Darren down into the pit. Yep. And Angel's now freed by Crib. Yep. Darren, and- for some reason, he has this gun and does not fire it at Trepkos immediately. Right. But instead scolds him for ruining it by not finishing his 21st fight. Yeah. And Angel knocks that gun hand down as Crib slaps a bracelet on him and passes it to Trepkos, who fucking launches him across the red line. Right? And so Angel is now complicit in the murder of a human. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm fine with that, too. (laughs) But it's an interesting scenario for the guy who is on the sides of the powers that be. I know, right? It was very satisfying either way. Like We need to do that to some people in the United States. <laughs> no names mentioned for fear of indictment, of course. <laughs> so, Darren's dead. The demons are free. Everyone's happy. Hap, 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 happy. <laughs> anyway, Crib gets Trepkos' bracelet last. And uh, Trepkos and Angel limp back to the barracks together, holding one another. Sweetly. Caressing gently. <laughs> gently. In a loving embrace. Whispering sweet, sweet nothings in each other's ears. <laughs> Wait. It was you... it was a good fight. <laughs> Did you write a slasher fic script too? I mean... Oh, no, you're just reading the real script. <laughs> this 
this shit writes itself, guys. It really does. <laughs> He's like, I could have taken you. Yeah. All night long. <laughs> Giggity. Cut to the closing after scene. Yep. Wrap, wrap up. up. Wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, Wesley and Cordy take over on being Angel's shoulder leaner people. I mean, does that even help? Yes. It's, okay. I've I've carried a many people in that scenario. It definitely helps. All right, just checking. Uh, the last couple of closing lines here, I thought were perfect and notable of my sentiments of this whole fucking episode. So I got a quote of the day here that I think comes before yes. your closing lines of the scene. I enjoyed this just because I have a dark sense of humor. Angel says, yeah, it's also a good thing you found me in time. Cordelia says, we weren't going to let anything happen to you. Wesley says, no. Cordelia says, well, I mean, beyond the slavery and the severe beatings and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was characteristically callous of her. Exactly. And funny. So Angel's like, you both did great. And I think we did a good thing here tonight. Wesley's like, uh, yes, we set the captives free. Cordy replies, well, actually, didn't we set a bunch of demons free? Oh, well, technically, yes. And they all look r- practically right at the camera like, wah, wah, wah. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more. Nice. I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. How would you feel about this episode, Rex? I thought it was at least entertaining in that it had good some good lines. Outside of that, I thought the plot was dull, boring, and the fight scenes weren't even all that entertaining. Yeah, it, it felt contrived. Very. Mostly, yeah. If I had to describe this episode in one word, it would be contrived. Yeah. Normally I would be like... But we got some great character development out of it. No, we really didn't. The only thing we got, the absolute only thing we got, is introducing Lila. Yeah. Because she's a reoccurring character. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. That's all we got. None of the other characters, period. Not even the bookie, who'd be a great character to pop up every now and then. Mm -hmm. None of them are reoccurring. Yeah. They don't learn anything. They don't really accomplish a whole lot. They don't, like, nothing. There's no development, period. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to be out of the woods by now. What the fuck, Geraint? Yeah. <laughs> we're still in the doldrums here, definitely. We got six episodes left to the end of the season, and we still, like... Which, by the way, that's going to be our hundredth episode, guys. Shit, the... Really? Yeah. The, the finale of season the one? The finale of Angel season one. Holy shit, that's kind of badass. It's our hundredth full episode. That's not counting our... Bonus episode. Shit, we gotta do something special. Yeah, we gotta figure something out. If you have any ideas, give us a call at 269-743-0783. So yeah, this episode was very eh, but there was good lines. So what's your quote of the day, Rex? Well, I have to go with the one moment in this episode that truly made me laugh my ass off. And that is the moment where I just relate to Wesley too damn much okay and that line is that's why i'm taking this clutter clatter 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 i knew you were gonna pick that one 
Along with a few other things. Along with a few other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing really made me laugh out loud in this episode. At least nothing quote-worthy. I think I laughed at something. I don't remember. But I was just awful about writing quotes down this episode. Uh, and here's one that I have in my notes that I feel is on a much somber, serious note, uh, representative of the episode and highlights what they were trying to get at with the episode. So right. my quote of the day is Angel saying, is this how you want to pay for your freedom with 21 bodies? You'll always be their slave, even if they take that off your wrist. And uh, we glossed over that one yeah. during the episode. But that's a thing Angel said to Trepkos at the end there. No, yeah, that is, that I, is I, a good point. I like how it highlights that just being blindly obedient to get what you want does not make you the winner. No. And that is a moral high road I agree with. Yeah. Because it's psychology and it's true and it's real. The ends do not justify the means. Sure, that too. I mean, sure, he's killing people to have his own freedom. And he's killing people because if he doesn't, he will be killed. Oh, sure, that too. But, like, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Just, you know, regardless of the the morality of the killing aspect, I mean, there's that too. But I wasn't even touching that so much as right. don't let people control you. Yeah. Be your own fucking person. Don't be a slave. Don't let them break you. Because I don't like being bullied. I've had some bad fucking experiences in my life. Yep. And I want nothing more than to be strong enough to never have to put up with that shit ever again. And to not have to feel trapped by replaying those scenarios in my head over and over again and go, man, what could I have done better? And see? Why did I hate that I felt like their bitch for any amount of time ever? And see? That's one of the reasons why I definitely can understand Angel's hero complex, and especially in this episode, yeah. is because I've got it. I just don't like bullies. Yeah. And if someone's being a bully, I'm going to fucking do what I have to do to put that shit in its place. Yeah. And that, I think, is the message that made this episode still worthwhile, even though it was... Poorly executed. <laughs> yes, it was. Very poorly executed. I still thought this was a good concept anyway. But anyway, this has been another episode of Hell with Angel. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes. Pretty, 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 please, I'm a-begging you. We want to be loved by you, <laughs> by you, and literally everybody else as well. <laughs> Boop, boop, doop, bitches. <laughs> so, <laughs> go to iTunes. Do it. Do it. I'll tell you what. If you are our first iTunes review of the new year and you send us an email, I will send you a fucking free t-shirt. Ooh, ooh. So, just write up your iTunes review, screenshot that before you hit submit, send that to the email. If you happen to be the first person of this year to have that review submitted, I will send you a free t-shirt. There it is. You know what? I'm going to say we're going to do the same thing with that other Keanu Reeves coloring book. There you go. We still have a Keanu Reeves coloring book that we would love to be in the hands of somebody who's going to love it and color in it. And if you want it, you can do it the same way. iTunes review, 
screenshot it, email us, let us know that was you that sent that iTunes review and it's yours. We will mail it yep. to you free of charge. If you want the coloring book, put that in your email. If you want the t-shirt, put that in your email. There it is. Two prizes, two reviews. That being said, if you'd like to purchase some of our Beer with Buffy stuff, we have a place for you to do that on the big interconnected series of underground tunnels called, you know, the internet. (laughs) Just go to store.beerwithbuffy.com. You can also support us financially if you want to go to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com where you can pick up that handy-dandy cat naming perk. Have you ever felt like you have no idea what to name your already named cat? Well, we've got you covered. (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. Guess what? You can text that number too. Thank you, Google Voice. Last but not least, thank you very much to JJ Twed... Tweadway. <laughs> Mowage. <laughs> Last but not least, thank you. Big thank you to JJ Treadway for all of our opening and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. I'm quadruple fisting it, man. <laughs> I gotta finish all this shit in one shot. And sometimes I'm really irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, only sometimes. Instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> you have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy vampires, not to wave pom-poms at people. Why can't you people just leave me alone? done why are we watching this